Welcome to Clickbait and Switch, a marketing podcast that tries to cut through the bullshit and hook you up with what you need to know, what you don't, and what stories should be getting more love than they're getting. I'm Mark Delinsky on the other mic, Gisela Slizer. And on today's episode, Vimeo is improving its integration chops without selling out. Instagram is giving you a new dashboard that you can completely ignore. And Twitter bought another company. But first, biggest story going obviously is the Reddit saga with GameStop and Robinhood. The power of Reddit to mobilize people onto Robinhood, the trading platform in such a way that it has completely disrupted the American financial sector is a fascinating story. And it's one that deserves more justice than we can give it at the moment. Plus, we still see that there are lots of things still playing themselves out. And we're going to let this story simmer a little bit. We'll do it in greater detail at a later time. But there are some takeaways that we have at the moment. Gisela, do you want to rip out some of these takeaways? Sure. Like you said, Mark, this is like a crazy story that we're trying to unpack. I've been watching videos and reading stuff all weekend trying to understand how the stock market works and why this happened. But I think so far what we're seeing that are important things to keep in mind is that, first of all, the guy who started this whole thing on Reddit has been at this for a while and he has tons of stock market knowledge from his previous life working in such field. Another thing to keep in mind is, hey, brands, be very thoughtful of what trends you jump on before you jump in on the bandwagon. We haven't really seen a brand jump on this one, but we've seen brands jump on others before. And this is just another example of how important it is to put a deeper long-term thought process into things before jumping on or making comments about it and joining a conversation. And of course, another warning for brands and platforms in general, always expect the public to surprise you, especially if you're working within communities of people. Yeah. And if you want more info on this, uh, Kara Swisher's podcast, Sway, has a great conversation with Reddit CEO about all this. And as well, the New York Times has plenty of good coverage. So check that out if you're staying up to date. And we'll try and recap some of that in a slightly different way and give our take on it a little bit later. But first, we're going to jump into Vimeo, something that we should all be talking about, right, Gisela? And that's Vimeo wants to help users improve their lead generation strategies by including forms into these videos that you can offer. So it's an offer that's now integrating with HubSpot, MailChimp, Constant Contact, and more. And for those of you who need a little bit of a refresher into Vimeo and its kind of reason to be, Vimeo is, and this is a quote from Anjali Sid, the CEO of Vimeo, is Vimeo is the world's largest professional video platform and community. We are not a competitor of YouTube. We are not a viewing destination. We are a platform that helps anyone create and distribute video anywhere on the internet. We think of ourselves as the mission control powering every professional team in the world that wants to communicate using video. So Vimeo is completely different from YouTube, right, Gisela? Correct. Although it is hard to be confused as a user who may not be so involved in the inner workings of, you know, marketing and content and how that works, because you may see them both as video platforms. But yes, they are fundamentally different. So Vimeo could never do what YouTube is doing in terms of running ads all over the place. It's not within their mission and vision and the way of work. And I remember in my days of working, creating websites, deciding to embed, for example, Vimeo over YouTube because Vimeo doesn't have ads at the end of the video like YouTube has. However, Vimeo is also not as searchable as YouTube. So strategic thinking to be put behind your decision of where to post your content. But traditionally, Vimeo is known as more of kind of like an artsy, let's say, type of platform. So it's interesting to see them jump into the monetization wagon and try to bring that over to, to their users. I guess they recognize the importance for users to start to try and make money off their videos, um, goes without saying. Um, so what you can expect right now is the 
ability, like you said, Mark, before to include lead generation forms within your videos, as well as fun ability to make a GIF out of any video in your account from Vimeo and then easily include it within email campaigns. Super cool. A more inboundy way of making money. Um, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, it's super interesting on Vimeo starting to expand its offer to make it a bit more useful to lead generation. Whereas for us, you know, in the sort of creative side, it was always fun to just like poke around there and see what people have been creating and the types of videos people are making and showing off. But if you can use it as a tool as well, that's that's fantastic. Moving into the bait, Instagram has a new dashboard for professional accounts. This is kind of something you can ignore. It feels like any new tool, you know, it's trying to give you these insights, but it's just another way to show you different pieces of data. So you can use it at your own risk. It's supposed to allow you to discover insights and trends based on your account performance. You can grow your business by accessing tools, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you can stay informed via curated educational resources, including tips, but it's just a reorganization of info doesn't really come, you know, with any added value. And it's just another one of these tools that they're throwing at you in a very cluttered experience that it already is. But kudos. Thank you, Instagram. Thank you very much for that new dashboard. At least they're trying. And maybe it's a useful tool for like super powerful users of Instagram that are on the platform all the time. Yeah, it might, might be useful for, for small businesses who switched to the professional tool. They could maybe get a couple more insights than they were getting before. But in the end, like everything, it's going to be how you use it. But the tool in and of itself isn't going to open your mind up to these incredible possibilities. But we're not going to spend too much time on that because Twitter is spending money like it's going out of style. Hashtag Bitcoin. This is fantastic. Twitter bought another company called Review. It's a newsletter service. And John Stewart's back on the platform. It was a big week for Twitter. That's right. They've been buying things left and right. Like they bought the agency winner recently, the podcasting platform called Baker, Breaker, something like that. <laughs> I don't think they actually bought John Stewart, but we might find out differently in the next few months. We'll see. They did buy officially this platform called Review, which makes it easier for writers and publishers to send sort of editorial newsletters. So we're seeing a lot of lead gen newsletter type thing, thing going on this week. Why did Twitter want to buy this? Well, they say that they remain on a quest to help people stay informed about their interests. And they now also want to give writers a way to monetize their audience. A lot of support for artists going on. That's great to see, finally. So how it's going to work? Technically, it seems it's going to seamlessly integrate. So it's going to allow people to sign up for newsletters from their favorite follows on Twitter. It's going to include new settings for writers to host conversations with their subscribers to their account or their email or both. And for those looking to generate revenue, they're trying to create a durable kind of incentive model through a paid newsletter system. Essentially, Twitter is saying that we can all expect this audience-based monetization to be an area that they're going to continue to explore and develop and support alongside a desire to have a space for more long-form content, whether that's audio, written, video, remains to be seen. But the most important thing is that Jon Stewart's back on the platform, right? <laughs> yes. I have my suspicions that this has a purpose. I don't think it's coincidence, but maybe I'm crazy. Now that Donald Trump's out of the way, we need somebody else who can uh, amass many retweets and become, a, you know, a polemicist. I don't know. He's, he's a known journalist. I know he's not the only one there, but it's just interesting. 
And it's an interesting time for Twitter in general. They're doing a lot of things that are really fascinating. The way they're trying to grow and expand their offering to attract and retain different sections of the market in terms of the social media space. It's been a long held bastion of writers and journalists and all that sort of stuff, promoting their work and each other's work and, and jumping on the latest stories and staying as current as possible. But if you're going to get into the world of sound uh, and audio, you know, maybe they're trying to chip away at the podcast or just, you know, jump on the trend of people having more recorded snippets of conversation. We see Clubhouse becoming quite popular as well. So it's a, it's a fascinating time for Twitter, and I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've gotten back on the platform after two years away, and I find it fascinating. Yeah, and it's a very smart move to offer users and brands an opportunity to monetize outside of the advertising platforms, especially with cookies. Yes, I'm going to mention cookies again <laughs> because third-party cookies are disappearing. You know, Facebook is really struggling to deal with this and the way, for example, Apple is handling it obliging them to give users the opportunity to opt out of being followed, therefore generating cookies. Well, Twitter is finding a way around by um, offering this newsletter subscription, perhaps. So very interesting. Definitely, they're sort of building some kind of multifunctional empire <laughs> as opposed to buy enough competitors or buy enough things that's going to feed their business offer. So yeah, exciting new new era for Twitter. And that's it for this week. Thanks to Clatterick for providing support for our podcast, but we should state, obviously, these are our opinions and all the nonsense that we spout is here and ours for this and every episode that we record. Any last words, Gisela? We should say, we haven't said this in a while, that we do have a newsletter companion to this wonderful podcast. So if you are more of a reader or you want some links to stuff that we mention and some additional links, you can subscribe in the show notes. And give us a rating, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>